Welcome to Retire to a Life You Love with Michelle Gessner from Gessner Wealth Strategies. We inspire executives, professionals, and business-savvy women to better their finances and overcome the financial stresses of life. We do all of this by giving the advice you need to identify your goals and the confidence to achieve them so you can retire to a life you love. Join us for this journey where we explore ways to win financially as Michelle draws from years of expertise and talks with today's top business minds about their wins, failures, and best practices. Welcome to Retire to a Life You Love with host Michelle Gessner. I'm Wendy McConnell. So Michelle, this is your very first episode of the podcast Retire to a Life You Love, which I love that title. How did you come up with it? I came up with it because isn't that what we all want? Isn't that what we all are trying to do is we we don't work um, because we we want to work. We work to live. And at some point, we want to be able to retire. And when we retire, we want to retire to a life we love. How do we do that? How do we get there? There are so many things that that encompasses. But I think ultimately, that's what we all want. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Now, tell us a little bit about uh, your business, uh, what you do, how you got started. Sure. Yeah. So I am the owner and founder of Gessner Wealth Strategies. We're here in the Houston area, uh, not too far from the financial district, the Galleria. Um, but we have clients all over the place, mostly in Houston. We got some out of, out of state and we can work with people anywhere um, as long as they're in this country, right? We can't work with people at, at, um, internationally yet. Um, but how do I get started? I've always had a passion for all things financial, always. Um, you know, I, I, uh, I majored in finance, but I remember when I was trying to figure out what do I want to, what do I want to do? You know, what do I want to major in when I was that senior in high school and we're trying to figure all that out? What do I, I want to be when I grow up? Right. What do I want to be when I grow up at the time? I remember thinking I want to be a psychologist, right? But I also knew I loved anything business and money, um, so I, that was a real dilemma for me. And in the end, I, I got my undergraduate degree in finance. Um, and I just, I've always been interested in it. So that's the genesis of where I am today. Um, there's a lot more that's happened, of course, <laughs> but that'll give you a good start. When you say that you're, you were interested in finance, does that mean that you were interested in the numbers aspect, the way to, um, create wealth or did you just want to make a lot of money? No, it wasn't ever about making a lot of money. I was just always interested in how money works, how to create wealth. What are the rules and regs around that? When I was in college, I almost majored in accounting because I love numbers. I'm a numbers person. Now I didn't get a degree in accounting, but I was only three credits shy of that. So I have a, 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 a it's, it's just how I'm wired. I love thinking about how money works, the numbers behind it, like the rules of accounting, the tax laws, all of that. I know that sounds geeky, but it's just the truth. Oh, totally geeky, Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> no, but those those skills will, you know, really help you. I am terrible with numbers and I find it to be, you know, not a great quality. You know, I that's why I need someone like you to go over the numbers for me. 
right? It's not everybody's cup of tea. And let me tell you, there's lots of things I'm not good at. And I can tell you one thing, what I'm not good at or what I don't enjoy, I delegate. I Mm -hmm. hire. I don't want to do things that I don't like. Yeah. Life is too short for sure. Okay. So what is, do you have a specialty that you would consider? I do. So I find that a lot of the folks who come to work with us are leaving other firms because they're not getting what I call full financial planning. And what I call full financial planning is tax planning. People, we all hate taxes, right? We hate them. We, it's a necessary evil. We have to pay them. Um, but we want to pay as little as possible. We want to make sure we're insulated from tax increases in the future. You know, what do we do? What are the best strategies? So people come to us primarily for tax planning, which is different than filing your tax return. You know, your CPA looks back at what you owe, what deductions you're you're uh, eligible to take, and and it's always looking back for a CPA. What we do is we look forward. How can we keep this year's tax burden or liability as low as possible before the year has even ended? Because there's things you can do proactively. And once it's over with, that's when your CPA comes in and says, here's what you owe. Well, it's too late to make changes at that point. So people come to us for that, all things tax planning. I would say that's probably our biggest specialty. Um, And then we do other things too, like estate planning, like figuring out how you can keep your money. It's not enough to make money and save money, but there's all of these threats out there that can keep you from, that, that can take your money away. You know, how do we keep it? So that's what I would say is our specialty. Yeah. I definitely want to keep my money. Well, sure. You worked so hard to accumulate it. You I know, know. Right. You got the tax man wanting to take your money. You got, uh, I even have the ATM saying, you know, it's going to cost you this much money to access your money. You know, that theme right there keeps us busy all day long. Right there oh. is, is how do we keep more of our clients' money, you know, to, you know, for the client. Okay. That's good. So who is your ideal client? Who do you like to work with? Who can you help the most? Yeah. So our ideal client is someone who, wants to have a stress-free retirement, right? This is this is someone who wants to get it right the first time and is not willing to take chances with their money by trying to do it all themselves. Because let me tell you, you can't Google your way to retirement success. You might get some accurate information out there on the internet. You might get some inaccurate information out there on the internet. Or more likely, you don't know how to put it all together, what affects you, what doesn't apply to you. It's just, there's just too many risks out there to try to do it yourself. It's kind of like trying to practice law yourself. You could probably, you know, do some research and figure it out. But what if you miss one little thing? That one little thing could just completely mess things up. So Mm -hmm. our ideal client recognizes that and is what I call a delegator. Now, just a few seconds ago, I said that I delegate, right? Either because I don't like it or because I'd rather, or I I recognize my deficiency. Maybe I don't have the time. Um, Maybe I just would rather be spending my time doing something I love. So I'm a delegator. I surround myself with professionals that are experts in their subject, you know, matter, um, because I know I'm not going to be a subject matter, matter expert in everything. So those are our ideal clients that do the same thing. 
So tell me a little bit about how long your firm has been uh, in progress. Yeah. So my firm was launched in January of 2016. So what are we going on there? I guess that's seven years now. Um, We didn't get the uh, formal approval from the Texas State Board of Securities until March. So you could say that my firm started doing what we do in March of 2016. Now, I've been doing what we do for much longer than that. It's a little over, what is it, 11 years now? I lose track of time. Um, but I would, you know, that this particular firm as it is today was launched in, in 2016. Okay. Well, let's get out of the office a little bit. Let's talk about uh, when you're not working. Uh, what do you do for fun or what did you used to do for fun? <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's a, that's a good one. Um, I, you know, as a business owner and as someone who is passionate about all of the things that affect my clients, I really don't have a lot of free time and that's just the truth, but I do force myself to take some rest and relaxation. I think it's really important for me to be good at what I do. And I, I, frankly, I just got back from a little trip that I took. So what do I like to do? I like to hike. I I just came back from Sedona, Arizona, because I love the hiking out there. It's just so easy and it's so wonderful. So hiking, I love to read, I, I, you know, reading novels, you know, I don't always just want to read financial, you know, planning books and things like that, which occupies a lot of my time, by the way, but I want to read a novel. I love novels. Um, what else do I like to do? I love animals. I have a big, great Pyrenees. If you know what breed that is a huge white dog. And I have some cats. I love animals. Um, I used to like to cook. I don't like cooking anymore. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, So that gives you a little idea. Okay. Let's talk about money. (laughs) Let's do it. (laughs) So let's just say you had all the money in the world. What is it that you would do? Okay. Wow. That's a big one. Uh, If I had all the money in the world. All the money in the world. Okay. Well, so I'm guessing that if I have all the money in the world, I don't have to work, right? No. Okay. So I can, I probably would buy some property in Italy and live there. I love Italy. Um, somewhere in Europe. I used to live in Europe for a few years. It's I, I love Europe. Okay. So probably Italy. Cause I think the people are nice there. It's gorgeous. Um, Where did you so live I, in Europe and for how long to, to give me a little insight into that? Yeah. I lived in a little suburb of Brussels called La Ulp, which is right outside of the, you know, Brussels proper in Belgium. And I lived there for four years. So it was, that was quite the experience by the way. Yeah. Um, so, and while I was living there, we, you know, our Europe's right there in our backyard. So we, we explored all different places and, and you know, Italy is just one of my favorite countries. So that's probably where I would live. Um, but you know, I'll, the other thing I would do I am, and and I'm not just saying this, it's the truth. I'm very charitably minded. There's a lot of, of, there's a lot of need out there. So if I had all the money in the world, this is the truth. I'd probably give a lot of it away because there's just so much out there that, that, that's sad, that needs help that, that, you know, I believe in repairing the world. Mm -hmm. So that's probably what I would do. I'd probably give a lot of it away after, because there's only so much I could spend. Right. Right. As Oprah used to say, there's only so many shoes I can buy, right? Absolutely. 
Uh, so what are some of your passion causes? What are some of the, what are some of the things that you would like to start helping first? Yeah. So I love animals. So, you know, these are some of the most innocent, vulnerable creatures in the world. So I would probably give a lot of money to, you know, anything to do with animals. In fact, I'm already a monthly subscriber. You know, that commercial that you see on TV that makes you cry. Makes you cry. Oh my gosh. So I finally just Sarah broke McLaughlin down. And, song. Yeah, yeah, that one. Uh-huh. <laughs> I finally just broke down and, and put that my, myself on their list. <laughs> I mean, I'm just a big softy for animals. So animals. I'm and as, as I asked the question, I could tell right away that you were going to mention that first and, and I applaud you for it. Yeah. I'm just, you know, I, if I could have more animals, I would, but at some point I value the cleanliness of my house. Right. So, <laughs> but yeah, animals and then children. So St. Jude's, um, you know, any women that are, you know, in, involved in a domestic violence situation, mm-hmm. probably give it to them first. Um, gosh, there's just so many good causes out there, but mm-hmm. those I think I would start with. Okay. Say name or tell me one thing that most people don't know about you. Hmm. Okay. Well, I don't think a lot of people know that I lived in Brussels. Okay. You already said already mentioned that. Okay. You probably don't know then that I, I hate to say this because I don't know how good I am anymore, but I used to speak French because I, I lived there, right? In a French speaking place in Brussels. And I forced myself to learn the language I took language classes. I was in an immersive two-week residential program. Oh, by the way, I, I broke down and cried in the first few days there because I couldn't I couldn't communicate. I was that was difficult. Yeah, I can only imagine. So that I was going to ask, were you taking those courses while you were there? So obviously the answer is yes. Um, so it's not like you can just move there and like pick up the language in a week or so, like we all like to think we could. Oh, no. So I started language classes, not immersive, but language classes before we moved out there. And then, and I, I was married at the time. So that me and my, and my now ex-spouse, um, and he, the purpose of, of going out there in case you're wondering, he had a job transfer with the same company he's still with anyway. So that was a reason for moving out there. So we started, um, both of us started language courses here in Houston and then we moved out there and that's when they put us in this two week residential immersive program. Oh my God. That was so, it, it became okay, but the first few days, not okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, you couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't figure anything out. You are literally a child that cannot talk. Um, that's what I felt like anyway. So they just wouldn't allow you to speak English. Is that what immersive means or? Anglais et interdit. English is forbidden. That's what that means. So no, you cannot speak English because that's the whole purpose of your being there, right? It's residential immersive training. And uh, you know what I found actually helped a little bit was having a drink. (laughs) Having an alcoholic beverage made me communicate better. I don't know why, because I couldn't. It's just so, it was so hard to switch from an English thinking mind to a French thinking mind. That was very difficult. So maybe the alcohol relaxed me. I don't know. I was just going to say you probably, when you were drinking, did relax a little bit and you didn't have, you didn't think about it as much. So you just kind of started going with the flow. You know what I mean? I I think you're right. I think you're right. And I remember that, uh, you know, for the first few days of living there, I mean, you're literally stripped down to the, 
to being a child. I, I didn't know how to drive. Like, where do I go? I didn't understand wow. the road signs. I didn't, I, you know, where's the grocery store and how do I get there? And people are darting out in front of you because they have different rules of the road. And then when I got to the grocery store, I, they had different customs. Like um, you're not supposed to, um, what was it? I, I, it was horrible. You, you're not supposed, they bag their own groceries there, right? So I paid for my groceries before I started bagging them on the conveyor belt, you know, at the grocery store. Okay. Well, that was a big mistake because then they just started with the next customer and their groceries started mingling with mine. Nobody cared. It was like, you know, lady, get with the program. Um, oh, <laughs> everything was stressful. Um, yeah. So, and you want to go back there? <laughs> well, <laughs> now you know. <laughs> and you know what? That was Belgium. They're all different. Every country is different. Um, I couldn't. I don't know if they do that in Italy. I've never lived in Italy and had to go to the grocery store. But yeah, I mean, some of this is just Europe. You know, you just have, they just do it a certain way. But yeah, I do. I do want to go back there because there were lots of good things too. Mm -hmm. What would you say your proudest achievement is? I would say apart from raising my two daughters, my proudest achievement is building this business, which I launched from scratch. Like I didn't inherit a bunch of money. I didn't inherit somebody else's practice. Um, I literally built this from scratch. So I would say that's my proudest achievement. Well, congratulations to you. Thank you. So what is your idea of success? My idea of success is having the freedom of choices. If you have freedom, you have choices and you can choose this or you can choose that. And money is no longer a barrier. So I think that, that success is being able to choose the way you want to live your life. And hence retire to a life that you love and hence retire to a life you love. So frankly, my business is about how the success, how you define it, right? Because retire to a life I love is going to be different than a retire to a life you love. So it's about, it's about your definition of how you want to live your life. That's success. Is there a mantra motto or something that you say to yourself to stay focused and on track? I don't know if I have a mantra for staying on track and focused because I'm a very focused person. So I just don't really need that. I mean, very focused person. Um, I, but I can tell you a favorite expression of mine. Sure. And that is, you don't know what you don't know. People who know me hear me saying that all the time. You don't know what you don't know. It's the truth. Um, and that is why um, I, again, tying back to what we were talking about earlier, it's important to recognize the value of professional help. I look at professional help in areas that I'm not an expert as an investment and not a cost because you don't know what you don't know. So is that your, when you say that you're meaning that to somebody to be like, okay, you don't know how to do this, find someone who does. Correct. And that could be changing your oil. That could be, you know, anything working on your car. Hey, guess what? I don't even try to do any of that. I don't try. I'm not good at it and I don't want it to go wrong. That's just too important to me. So every area of your life that you're not an expert, I think should be where you consider the value of a professional. Mm. 
I agree. I wish my husband would do that when it comes to home repairs. <laughs> right. I mean, I'll tell you when I was in, was it college? I think I took a, how to change your own oil course. Uh-huh. And why, and, you know, and I, so I did that. So could I do it? I can tell you this. It was a pain. I don't, you know, I, you can't raise the car unless you have one of those, whatever those things are called. Jacks. Who wants to change their own oil? Like you can pay what, how much does it cost these days? To change your oil. $25, Yeah. I guess it's more if you get the synthetic oil, but I mean, yeah. who wants to do that? Why would you want to change your own oil? Huh? Not me. I can tell you oh. that. No. And in, in fact, when I was just learning how to drive, I remember my father taught me how to change a tire and, right. um, you know, the thing that was, I think missing from his whole plan was I had to be strong enough to loosen those lug nuts. <laughs> Right. That the oh, machine puts on, you know, Oh my gosh, <laughs> which is really hard. And if you don't have the, the brawn for that, what do you exactly, do? Exactly. Exactly. So um, best laid plans. Right. But yeah, I, I, you don't know what you don't know. I like that. I might adopt that. It's a good expression. Okay. So as we are delving into our very first episode here. Who is it that you would like listen, uh, like to listen to the podcast? Who are you talking to? So I'm talking to people who want to get their retirement right. Um, so these are these are folks who are busy professionals. These are folks that are executives. These are uh you know, people that have worked really hard and are maybe are still working really hard to accumulate money as savings that that they spent, you know, a good portion of their life, you know, putting together. And they want to have the freedom I'm talking about. They want to have a, a, a successful, prosperous retirement, however they define it. And they don't want to get it wrong. They, it's just too important to them. They want to build the retirement of life that we're talking about with freedom of choices. Those are the people that I think should listen to this, this podcast, because we're going to talk about anything related to that. Sounds good. Oh, Michelle, I'm so excited to uh, join you on this quest in this journey. I'm excited too. That sounds okay. good. So how can uh, people get in touch with you? So if people want to get in touch with me, the best thing to do is to visit our website. If you can't remember the phone number, I'm going to blurt out. They can call us 713-589-6448. But if you can't remember that phone number, just visit the website, GessnerWealthStrategies.com, and you'll get our contact information. And thank you for joining us today. Please like, follow, and share this podcast with your friends. Until next time, I'm Wendy McConnell. Thank you for listening to Retire to a Life You Love with Michelle Gessner from Gessner Wealth Strategies. We hope you were inspired to take steps to your financial freedom as you learned new techniques and strategies for managing your finances. To learn more about how you can improve your financial landscape, visit our website at www.gessnerwealthstrategies.com. That's G-E-S-S-N-E-R wealthstrategies.com. Or give Michelle and her team a call at 713-589-6448. And don't forget to click the follow button below to be notified when new episodes are available.
The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Michelle Gessner or Gessner Wealth Strategies. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.